One, one off the wood. wood. Oh, you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 59 with Cherto, 20 tangents coming at you. We talked uh, a lot of shit. We had some questions and some fucking good yarns at the end. Cherto, what, what did we talk about? What was your favourite bit, mate? We talked about cleaning shit with the bidet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Captain Zambreros himself talks a bit about that, uh, what makes him Captain Zambreros. Uh, yeah, we went, we went deep on the on the uh, big avocado and how they're holding down yep. the little man. He's I, 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 do wish, funny. I do wish we, uh, we had held off to, for episode 69, personally. Oh, we'll be we back in back. 10 episodes. <laughs> um, Put your yeah. name on it. Music. It's good fun to have a good time. Soap opera. This is the worst retro intro ever. It's Cherto. He's the Zambreros man. All right. No, no. That's it. Enjoy the episode. I invented a straw, a type of straw the other day. Keep your straw thing to yourself. My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board. See that chair used to be gone. If it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging them out of the trees. So much, so much frothing. So much frothing. <laughs> I didn't even get stomped in the dick. That's my junk. Yeah, put it away. What my crap? Prime time. Right, should we crack into 20 tangents? Yeah, yeah what are we doing? Welcome We're doing 20 tangents. It's beginning. We've done a retro intro. You've already heard it. Um, but to get things out of the way, as always. One of the great one intros. Off the wood going on. As of uh, 2021, brought to you by the Geordie Bay Brewing Co. So if you're into pale ales and you're not a homophobe, so you can't drink Coopers, mm-hmm. um, then Geordie Bay Brewing Co. Pale Ale. It's uh, it's what you need. There's a couple of other varieties coming. You can get your hands on it. Bottle shops in WA. Look it up. Find the website. See the tags. All the stuff. Let's get into 20 tangents with Cherdo. That's what we're here for. All right. Start us off, was. And All right, we'll start off with a couple Cherto, of... Cherto, we'll, we'll give you a little intro at some point, but it doesn't really matter who you are. It doesn't really matter where you're from. You're Cherto and you're here for the tangents. Uh, so we'll let you answer first and try not to cut you off. Go, was Give me one. All right, let's have a couple of bloody warm-ups, a couple of starters because the people want to get to know you. Uh, home and away or neighbours as a grummy? Home, home grummy. and away. 100%. Yeah. Home and away. You, uh, you, can, you can stay. 100%. Yeah. Uh, blue healers or water rats? Ooh, water rats. Water rats, right? Yeah. Any any yep. out of those two? Got any favourites? Who who'd you follow in that? Um, oh, what was the classic dude out of water rats? Uh, the the Polynesian looking dude? No, the quintessential oh, no. Aussie actor. Oh, oh Gary uh, Sweet. No, Gary Gary Sweet. you're thinking of Police Rescue. Or was he in Water oh. Rats as well? No, no. Uh, Gary Sweet's been in every Aussie drama, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He sure. was like yeah, he was the heartthrob too. Like, do you reckon he's still alive? He'd be about 70 now. I want to know if there's any crossovers from uh, Home and Away to Neighbours. Has anyone crossed over, made the like the double, done the double? That would be a pretty impressive uh, roll call, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. So you're into Gary Sweet. That's cool. (laughs) Into bald men. Gary Sweet (laughs) has got like the shaved head and he's actually looking pretty schmick at 64. He's a good looking dude. So good on you, Gary. I'll just have a look. Uh, No, Gary Sweet. I'm getting my. uh, Australian action dramas mixed up, but but I, I do. I do now, Gary Sweet was in Police Rescue. I remember when I was a little kid, he came to Hobart and he did a forward abseil off the uh, casino or something, one of the buildings in Hobart. It was like a police rescue 
live demo. You know, <laughs> Gary Sweet did a forward outside. Nothing, nothing less than that from Gary. What a madman. No, good on him. Um, one question just got me frothing today, actually. Uh, Nirvana or Foo Fighters? Oh, Nirvana, Nirvana for, for me. I do, I do love Foo Fighters, and I do. Like, Think about Dave Grohl. He's been in a mega band basically since 1989 to now. How about that? Played first yeah. album, played all the all the instruments on that on that album on the Foo Fighters self-titled. Did the drumming in uh, Queens of the Stone Age song for songs for the Deaf. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. But, Nirvana, you know, shaped my youth, taught me how to play guitar. Or how to not play guitar. They well, taught yeah. like a whole a whole generation of kids how to not play the guitar, just power chords. Power only. chords, yeah. Fuck yeah. Do you reckon Foo Fighters, like Nirvana, had the right amount of time? Kurt died, perfect. You've got a perfect body of albums. But the Foo Fighters, I reckon, have just, they've gone on too long. I don't care anymore. Still think Dave's awesome. Still like... A lot of their stuff, but I don't hang out for an album anymore. Like maybe would have been better if if he switched switched it up to a different band after four or five albums. Well, do you feel like that about Paul Kelly? Yeah, you got tapped out. What about Paul Kelly though? Do you feel the same about that? Because I suppose he's different because he's not in a band. He's you know right. I don't listen to his new albums, so I wasn't alive for his old albums. So yeah, I feel the same way. You can still play live, but it's you stop dropping those like epic albums after a while you lose the spark it's not as fresh yeah just, fair just, enough. just, just on the just uh, i did froth on our andy ripping out the blue healers intro uh, you know, theme song a couple of weeks ago on the pod that was that was good i want to see how to play that yeah that's been in the repertoire a long long time for some reason it runs deep uh personal question dave welsh or matt gill Ooh, well Welsh, Welsh is my my boy for for we've been friends over twenty years, so you know. But they're both both great men. But I'll have to uh, have to say the big chub dog Welsh. Chub yeah, dog. All right, good. <laughs> On point. <laughs> that was that was a bit freaky. Um, wait, so you obviously in a band. Um, they were some of the band members there. Uh, but what? Um, when did you first play? Play live. Do you remember your first gig? We played a gig at uh, the Pooh Bar, I think, uh, Chimp Militia, when it was a cover band, probably 2005 or six, I reckon. Oh, well, yeah. actually, the first time I ever played um, live was me and Welsh played at school assembly and like, when we were in year maybe nine or something. The song was called Where the Bad Things Grow. It's <laughs> pretty embarrassing, a little duet. <laughs> Was that an original or a cover? Original. Original. Fuck yeah. That's got to be the Nick Cave about it, where the bad things grow. Yeah. Is it? Can you remember any of the lyrics? No, no, I can't. Damn. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that well. <laughs> Welsh was a singer. I would play the guitar, but it wasn't, wasn't overly well received. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go down that well. I remember playing in high school assemblies and like we were into Nirvana and stuff like that but not very good at the instruments and not very really good at it at all. But you just get up, like there'd be some awards for something. Then then the choir would do something. Then the boys, I think our band was called Just Add Water, are going to play uh, Local God by Everclear, which is like butcher it at full noise <laughs> <laughs> and then back to the normal assembly. 
It's great. Did it, did it get you nervous, like playing at school seminar? It's half in front of your peers, but like, is that what set you up for playing live at a pub? Mm. I don't remember no. being nervous. I can't, must have been, but I think yeah. you're too stupid to be nervous when you're 13, 14. That's, uh, that's what I love uh, about playing gigs and a lot of my extracurricular pursuits. It's, it is chasing the rush, you know, whether it's skiing or pl- playing live, did some stand-up comedies, uh, taking drugs, <laughs> drinking, going surfing, all things that have um, there, there's some sort of you know, rush involved, the thrill. I had a question for you on that that line like what if you to choose one of them as the pinnacle that you would take like a good tube a deep powder run like the perfect thigh deep powder the perfect set playing in front of hundreds of people or the perfect comedy set where where you're just hitting the last perfect power powder run for sure there's something magical about being in the mountains uh you know if it's perfect we're gonna. It's gonna be clear, sunny, perfect conditions. You're probably with your crew. Um, there's, yeah, that's 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 my rush. That's the one. And if it's yep. deep powder, you're kind of in a bit of a dream as well because nothing hurts. You can you can do yeah. things that you shouldn't Flying be able to do. Clouds. Just launch yourself into clouds. Yeah, it's pretty mm. good, eh? Oh, it's pretty. But com- good. comparing, you know, surfing and skiing. Well, I think the like, you know, the pinnacle of an ultimate barrel. You know, not that I've had that many great ones. Um, is probably you could cherish that more because you can mission for an, an hour or two down to a, you know, to a break. You'd be out surfing for two or three, four hours, and you might ride away for you know a minute or so. You know, and then to get that three or four seconds of in the barrel, you know, not even that in a barrel. Um, you know, but then you get to go when you go skiing. We got a mission a fair bit further here, but you get to even regardless of the conditions, you get to ride all day. Um, yeah, and then then the conditions align, and you probably can if you, you know, find that peak a bit longer. Yeah, like a good barrel might be literally years in the making and the chasing. Yeah, but yeah. if you if you're in the mountains a bit, you you're going to get a good powder day, and you're going to mm. get lots of runs. So yeah. it's harder think- to come by. With the surfing, like a good barrel, the conditions can be perfect, but it's not guaranteed to get pitted until it's happening. Like you know, you can take off on the wave that's going to throw and you know it's going to happen, but until you actually get in there and get the right line, it's not happening. Whereas a ski run, you can butcher it and half fall off a cliff and tumble down the hill, but you're still kind of doing it in the end. Then like you know that it's coming and you might have hiked up a hill to get it there, but you, you know, you can still make the most of it whereas surfing like it doesn't matter you've still got to earn it you might have put yourself and be fit enough and in the right spot but it's not happening until it is happening i think the, the surfing is like yeah yeah my skills are skewed way more to skiing than they are to surfing or bodyboarding yeah no same same with me and i think that's probably why because there's too much anxiety involved for me in actually getting a good wave and dealing with crowds it's too much of a fuck around if it's uncrowded waves, um, then it's a different thing. But um, skiing, it's easy. It's right there. You just get to the right. top and go down. Um, something you mentioned there, the um, stand-up comedy, mate. That, that's something that's not easy you can prepare for. When, when did you do that? 
Uh, would have been oh through 2018 or and 19. I did maybe four or five. Had four or five cracks at it. Just at open mic nights. Yeah, we and then we we arranged a night with um, a lot hosted by oh, the the Crips uh, bread guy for Tasmanians down here, who's a funny dude, Mick Davies, uh, and a few other comics, and then sold tickets out, made some cash as well along the way. Um, but yeah, that's that that is a rush. That is a rush because at least like you can be blind drunk in a band and still kind of be, you know. Supported by the other, by the other guys, um, and yeah, there's nowhere to hide there. You know, you, you feel uh, yourself. You know, the, the the walls closing in when you when you like stumble. You know, what, what am I? You know, what's the next bit? Did you ever bomb? Oh uh, no, not really. I, I was I was reasonably well rehearsed. I was doing a lot of driving around um, Tassie at the time, so I would, uh, would I'd just. Do the do the set in my car heaps and record it and then listen listen back till I had it down you know reasonably well but um, yeah it, it was uh, some reasonably offensive material that was that was said as well. Oh, is that the case? Send it to if you. you. I've, I remember yeah. seeing it somewhere deep in my phone. Yeah. We should post it. Is on that the key? Like to what what what's the style of comedy that you went for? Like a bit offensive, but. What, yeah, what was your just, material well, based around? Just, I don't want you to give it to us because it never works when you're trying to... It was like dirty sexual before. stuff from memory. There was stuff, you know, running through all the different types of mass wanks blokes can have. And then um, when I was talking about... I was cool. I'll give you one joke. <laughs> People come in and get a burrito at work and uh, you can choose black or white rice and, you know, an ochre bloke will walk in and you're like... Do you want the black or the white rice, man? He's like, oh, mate, white rice. And I go, what are you, a racist? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. It's good. Clever humour. Yeah. <laughs> is, the, is the key in comedy like to pull out what people are thinking in their own heads? Like, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a different yeah. one. But, like, the wank jokes are funny because in an audience when you're sitting there, you might have your, um, you know, your mate's little sister or your mum in the crowd or something, but it's like you don't talk about that sort of stuff at the dinner table, but everyone knows it. Yep. Is that well? I think comedy now is probably the last sort of, or well, it's getting Dave Chappelle's getting attacked pretty hard at the moment. But it's the last sort of, it, you're saying what people are thinking, but you're in a sort of safe place because you can pass it off as jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's that was actually a question I had written down. Is is Dave Chappelle funny? Oh fuck, he's hilarious. Have you watched Sticks and Stones? Yep, I've seen I've seen his stuff. Sticks and Stones, not the last what, one. Which the one's one that? Oh, not the last one. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I would have because I thought he wasn't funny during that one. The one, then, the one before with Juicy Smollett. Juicy Smollett. It's pretty classic. Okay, uh, mate, maybe it, the one where he does like the Michael Jackson joke and the one about the alphabet people um, opens it with about Anthony Bourdain. But the last one he did was really just a monologue. Sort it was of. more of a monologue, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The the Michael Jackson bit though. Was yep. incredible from his last yeah. special. And I thought that would be like, right up your alley. Was oh, so, I'll, I'll, I'll have to revisit. But he really enjoyed stuff. staring into an anus. <laughs> oh, actually, I do remember that. Yeah, I've, I, no, and, that, he's, that is, and he's like, he's like, you know, he spent Macaulay Culkin. He swears that nothing happened. He's like, you know, if I was a pedophile, 
put Colin Kalkin would be the, the top of my list and yeah, so don't know how hard he used to catch. <laughs> so, yeah. And like, and you got to think about, like, for you to say Dave Chappelle wasn't funny was, it's just like, it's more, it says more about you than anything else. Like, the Chappelle show is probably the greatest television show ever created and it was absolutely groundbreaking at the time. Like, come on. Holds up to this day. Holds up. How do you, like, you, the, the last well, little I dig in special there, that you just did was, but... on, um, no, nah, that's fine. The, the, cause it was a question, but I, I didn't find his monologue funny. I didn't enjoy it. I, I didn't actually like it. It's too rehearsed. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, Kevin Hart or any of those dudes are like, they get up and it's just a rehearsed yarn. It's not really funny. And I just feel like they punch the same stuff over and over. Like, I don't, I like comedy like Andrew Schultz who interacts with the crowd and he's off the cuff and I like that sort of stuff really you don't know what twist and turn it's going to take and it's an insight into what's in his head. But like the monologue stuff I don't find funny. It, I think his, his monologue was answering a lot of criticism from his previous two or three specials. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that what Twitter's for? Yeah, well. He's I don't know why he feels level. the need to answer to anyone. That's the only thing because – yeah, you often hear uh, Joe Rogan and some of those guys saying, oh, they don't like comedy where they're trying to get a message and they bag out people like Hannah Gatsby and some of these yep. comedians that, but then they just praise Dave Chappelle and he gets up and does the same thing sometimes. So kind of on your side there was, but still he, he's a genius. I've got a question yep. on here that just fires on for that. I'll tell you mine first, but who's your favorite comedians? I think the two greatest of all time, Bill Burr, Louis C.K., who who are yours? Did he just freeze up then? Oh, I, I, I do. Yeah, Bill Burr, Rogan. Uh, Rogan. Uh, Rogan's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, some crackers. Triggered. That's a great, great one. And was um, you like um, the late, guy with the wobble board? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, lately I've been big fan of Andrew Schultz. Sure. Um, he's pretty I like good. He's off the he's stuff, good. off the, yep. off the car stuff in, in, um, uh, Perth, Andrew Wolf, fucking hell. He oh, is just I've seen, the I've rant seen him. specialist. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. Yeah. Actually, he's, he's incredible. I actually went and saw live comedy last week when we were supposed to do this podcast, but I couldn't not go because I haven't been out to a fucking show for four months because lockdowns, it was so good to see live comedy. And the, the last guy, was I think we saw him some years ago at the comedy festival where he had the classic line that Peloton, it's French for pack of cunts, which is stuck with me a long time. And he was the headliner <laughs> last Thursday. I can't think of his name, but um that's quality, oh, isn't it? A joke that just sticks around. Yeah. Like because every time you see a Peloton or you, if someone says Peloton, you just say pack of cunts. Yeah, yeah French, uh, it's French for pack of cunts. <laughs> What yeah. about Mark Norman? Do you get around Mark Norman at all? He's pretty fucking awesome. I haven't watched any of his spare. Check him out. Yeah. It's like the latter day Jerry Seinfeld with more of an edge. Um, around comedy, like there's obviously cover bands, right? And you guys both started in cover bands playing covers. Like, why can't you do cover comedy? Like, why can't I turn up and do, I'm not going to do Dave Chappelle's set, but I might like just steal a bunch of Carl Barron's jokes and rip them out in you know a stand-up set or an open mic night like i'm doing a performance i'm getting up i've remembered it like Cherto, i've remembered it in my head and i'm gonna execute it with because you can't just tell the jokes you've got to actually put the you know the flavor into it and the emphasis and the on the timing. right words and and the timing and all that stuff so why can't you do that 
I think it was more yeah. of a thing back in the like the the fifties and sixties. Maybe I think people might have like these days people don't even do the same set after it's come out as a as a TV special. But back in the day, people used to run the same set for years and years. I don't know. Maybe there's because a... people are blowing up on TikTok, like playing someone's comedy set and and like miming it. Well, that's all TikTok is. It's just miming mm. shit, being some a little bit sexy while you do it. Mm. Well, I think that's like started. You, you listen to an album. Well, you listen to an album over and over. You listen to a song over and over. I've watched comedy specials several times and I've loved it and enjoyed it. And I'd go and see this. Like Wolfie, I've seen his set a couple of times, but it's always sort of a little bit different. But I think it cover comedy. Like if you were, say, you're a wedding singer, right? Or like you could get a comedian. Just we're hiring a comedian, he's going to do some material. But then mm. as soon as you rip out a joke that someone's heard and they know it's not yours, you get hammered for it. Yeah, it's, it's frowned upon really in the, in the scene. Yeah. Let's be real, like cover music, it's a, I guess it's, it's entertaining and it serves a purpose. But yeah, you kind of know what it is. But cover comedy just feels a bit dirty. feels like, yeah, you, you're trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. Well, it's not your own concept, which kind of is the um, the crux of comedy. But yeah. it's a valid point. Well, comedy is more personal, maybe, whereas music, everyone feels like they know that song and they can be part of that song. Mm. It's interesting. Was I think you should become a cover comedian? <laughs> yeah, I just think the industry's you know because you're not allowed to say fuck all these days. So eventually, we're going to have a. A society where there's a certain jokes that are allowed to be had and said, and then we'll just repeat those ones over and over, something like you're, that. You're um, thinking about dipping your toes in, aren't you, mate? Oh, look, I've written a lot of stuff, and every time I come back to it, I'm like, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to happen though. Like we both need to give it a go, just to so we know that we can't do it. Or maybe we'll be I'd amazing, like... but it needs to. We need to give it a go. <laughs> it's worth I think I rush. need an hour. I want an hour set, like where I can just go. All right, that bit failed, and flop. I'll move on to the next stuff and and run with that because I, I we love should a good do an rant. Open mic, in, open uh, mic this in Tassie. in Tassie in December. I'll I'll do two minutes. Was does two minutes? Chirter, what about you your Bucks 10. party? We'll do we'll do Bucks party. Uh, yeah, well, Bucks party yeah. open mics. If I find time for a Bucks party, then we should have an open mic at that for sure. We'll just that'd make a, it as, as safe place. The crew that are there. Yeah. And you keep now. Yeah, I like it. All right, we'll put, put that in uh, on the cards for it. Um, Chad, I want to get to know you a little bit more because I know you love a bit of music. Have I don't know if you can whip your phone out there and um, tell me the last couple of songs that you shazammed, particularly the last song. Would be good. Because I think your Shazam history and Andy will take yours while you're at it as well. Because the Shazam history is a good one. It says a bit about the personality, I think. Here we go. Little Green Bag, the George Baker selection. <laughs> Random. Do you no, know what that song no. is? Like, could you it's, hum it it's, to us? It's a song off, um, off pulp, off uh, pulp fiction. One of the pulp fiction. Soundtrack. That's an amazing soundtrack. Mm. What else? Is that where you saw it? On, on you were watching Pulp Fiction, or it just came up somewhere and you wanted to know where yeah, you recognised it, it from? Yeah, yeah. Mine's reset. But my latest Shazam, I don't know why I had to sham it, sham it, for whom the bell tolls, Metallica. That was the last one. Trying to, and then The Wolves by Bon Iver. 
I've lost all my Shazams. What the fuck? I must have been logged out. This is not good. How do I know what music I like? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the answers for that. Um, Chedo, actually, you, you're the person that got me into podcasts um, originally because podcasts have been around for years and I don't know why. I just shunned it. I didn't need new things in my life. But you came to stay at my house in Perth one day. You're driven from Kalgoorlie and you parked out the front. I'm thinking, fuck, he's driven five hours. I've got a beer ready for you. Seven. Yeah, seven hours. There's, there's like tucker ready and you parked out the front the sun's gone down and you're just sitting in the car and you weren't talking to anyone but you're listening <laughs> to a podcast and i reckon you were there for like 20 minutes and you oh. came in you're like i was listening to a podcast i had to, i had to hear the end of it and i was like what the fuck like what do you mean <laughs> what's a podcast I was like i need to get in on this i was like it must be good and then since then i i kind of dabbled and dipped my toes in and i look back in my life and there's plenty of times i wish that i was into podcasts Cycling across the Nullarbor would have been a fucking great oh. one to just listen to podcasts. But. Yeah, that was the perfect opportunity. <laughs> but They're I, a game changer for them, long man. drives. It's an absolute game changer. If you get yeah, onto long like a good bike serial, rides. Yeah. yeah. Well, bike rides, I was a bit worried about having earphones for bike rides because you can't hear the truck that's about to run you over. Yeah. But probably a small price to pay for being bored. Have you guys listened? Yeah. There's one called the, uh, the, the, the Shore Thing. It's like... Uh, it's, from the thing, yeah, that's everyone. Wolfie. Oh, wait, yeah. the, the one about um, is it Wolfie's podcast? Because there's a short thing, the one about the bloke at NAB stealing. Oh, money. I thought it was the one yeah, about yeah, the guy yeah. stealing money, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that one interested yeah, that, me because it could have easily been mean was like yeah. we're both in very similar positions at different times. Like, fuck, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> yeah, 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 because he's very in jail, <laughs> yeah, he's very out of jail now. Very Is relatable. <laughs> which one of you, which who was, would have been the roles in uh, Eddie Hook was? I would have been book and trades, and Andy would have had the access to the information. Like, yeah. it's almost, but, it's actually reality. But, but I think the difference yeah. would have been that we would have both been all in on it. Like, not like, you know, yeah, oh, let's 50 just, grand and we're out. Yeah, no, fuck that. We're all in and we're going to Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 uh, Nicaragua. I was up my uh, my parents are moving out of their, their house and I, Salvage this gift that I got them from Nicaragua when I was there. This uh, <laughs> surfer dude, wooden surfer the, man. The take back gift. That's the not even the like the the Indian gift. That's the like not re gift. <laughs> yeah. You've reclaimed the gift. This is yeah. like when you you buy someone something that you really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's racist, right? Indian giver. I don't know. Is the Indians a- take shit back? I think it comes something to do with blankets. I've looked up, I've looked this up before. What an Indian Oh, not like a blanket that have, don't, don't look it up. Just tell us what you think it is, and that yeah, we'll roll. Just it tell out. us. Yeah, like we prefer That's not to look we... things up. Just say this is what it is. So an Indian giver is when you give a blanket to someone, but the blanket mm-hmm. has a stain on it. That's what the Indian. No, I think do. it's more oh. part of like Indian culture. Of like there's yeah, something like that. Um, that's a sort of. It's a, yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, well, so here it is. This is the this is the definition. Indian giver derives from the alleged practices of American Indians taking back gifts from white settlers. Uh, it's more likely the settlers wrongly interpreted their gifts as loans. In terms which is uh, this term, which is certainly American, may have been coined. Uh, I thought it was a loan. Right, so they gave him stuff as a like you can borrow my head torch and like. I'll have it back, but the the whiteies thought that now we're keeping 
this is my head torch now. Yeah. yeah. Something it's like, like that. I've got leg ropes at, at my house, which yeah. I've had from you was for about 15 <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. Because you gave them to me as a gift. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Have, have you got any podcast recommendations, Cherdo, for us? Um, I've been, there's a fella uh, called Andrew Huberman uh, who talks about a lot of neuroscience and um, fasting, uh, you know, interesting sort of educational stuff. Uh, I've been getting into um, my mum at your mama's house with Tom Segura and his wife. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's not um, bad, that one. Yep. For a and long drive, for, I'll put that on. For a bit of a lighthearted, the St- Steve-O podcast. It's, it's got some big names on there too. Um, the Rogan podcast. Uh, what else? Listen to. What about hot boxing with Mike Tyson? Do you get into yeah, that at all? Yeah, yeah, I've listened to a fair few of them. Uh, Lex Friedman's pretty good. The How I, I relented it for a fair while, but the Howie Games um, has got he's got some crackers on there, like Kelly Slater, Sean White, and, you know some you know some massive international sports names. And he does his research and uh, does it in a sort of really cool format. Yeah, no shit. How fucking horrible was Kelly Slater on um, Rogan? Well, it wasn't that Kelly was horrible. Rogan just has no idea about surfing, nah. like in the slightest, and he's got no fucking interest in actually learning anything about it. So he just nah. like his questions were so bad. It was it's terrible. And Kelly, you could, t- you could tell Kelly was frothing to talk to him, but then he was yeah. Kelly was like, you, he was like, this guy's got no idea what he's talking about. And then they eventually rambled about MMA for half an hour and Kelly pretended yeah, to know. It was, what, it was a huge hunting. Yeah, hunting. Yeah, hunting. But it's like you've got the greatest, one of the greatest sportsmen on the planet who's spanned generations and done things. He've completely evolved the sport and he's like talking to him about fucking hunting. Because he something. didn't, I don't think Just, he does oh. any research. Because like, if he had done any research, you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's actually one of the greatest sportsmen of all time." Narcissist for sure, and you know, a bit of a dickhead. But you could have, yeah, asked him better questions. One of my um, mates down here, Jez, who's a cracking bodyboarder, uh, commented on his gram the other day and got a reply from him. It's his moment. So. Yeah, I think he's from in Kelly. The leads from yeah. Kelly. He'll he'll rep- <laughs> was it a good reply or did he stir him up? No, it was a good reply, but. I did see his anti-vax rant the other day. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you're Kelly Slater, you don't need vaccines. Like, come on. You're a freaking absolute genius athlete who's been top of the game going into 50. A vaccine's not going to help Kelly Slater. He's already got the vaccine. He's had it already. And one of the things he was saying was, um, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I reckon I know more about like keeping healthy than you know, 99% of the people in the world, which, which is... Uh, Proof is true. Which is 100% true, but it it doesn't help the problem that 99% of the world is not healthy. Because that's what the argument is up here. There's lots of anti-vaxxers up here. And it's because, well, I'm really healthy and I look after myself, so I'm fine. It's true. Like, it's true. You probably are fine. But, you know, we're doing it for the the people, right? Getting vaxxed up for the people. I'm a man of the people. Hey, speaking of man of the people, um, have you got a favourite one off the wood podcast? I know that you you listen along a bit. Something something from the back catalogue. Well, I, I have I have enjoyed the twenty tangents. So, you know, personally knowing both you boys, that that it's a it's been a great format. That I have enjoyed uh, that they're probably my favourites of recent memory. 
I, I was a bit embarrassed about mine. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to, and I didn't feel like I was on point. I've been a bit crook. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Andy's it was 20 tangents. Have a listen to that. <laughs> For sure. I, yeah, I didn't listen to mine. I assumed it was amazing. But um, no, I think you're harder, on, <laughs> you're harder on yourself when it comes to things like that. So you just got to don't listen to it. I thought it was good. Don't, I thought your 20 don't, tangent was don't, good. Um, don't watch your own stand-up then, was <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't listen. It's like listening to your own voice in any scenario is not great. Um, but uh, hey, can I give you a random tangent? I can because I can do whatever I want. I want to hear, Cherto, you're a man of the condiment. You're a connoisseur oh, yeah. of the condiment. I want yes. to know what your con- – this is a change of subject here, but what is your condiment hall of fame? I need a mayonnaise. I need a hot sauce. I need a tomato sauce or a ketchup. I need a barbecue sauce, and then I need just something random. Go. Well, my I'll just say my favourite sauce at the moment um, is there's this range of sauces called Beaver sauces, and they've got a sriracha horseradish, and oh my word, it is exceptional. Uh, but so um, yeah, just straight. I mean, hot sauce. You can't go wrong with a good sriracha. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. I, I frothed on that in, when I found it in the states. Like, started buying it. Um, Kewpie mayo for the for the mayo. Oh uh, come on, Kewpie like, mayo, the champion. Yeah. Not I, made I with eggs. Horse, I love it. horseradish cream. Horseradish cream. Yeah, you know, it is delightful. Also healthy. Um, Horseradish, uh, is that the is it the thrill like the because chili right like you a bit of is dying you know if you put your hand on a hot pan it's like oh that's bad but it's a little bit good is that what chili is is that what horseradish yeah, it's, is? it's it's more sort of like a well, you like a, it. a rush. Or, but, but uh, yeah. the horseradish cream you don't get that like sort of that skull that brain burn like you do it's it like, with a hot mustard it's more like it's, a wasabi burn isn't it yeah, up in the, the cream, up in the, the nostrils cream, um, the cream um, is yeah, it's it's pretty mild. It's just the flavour. Horseradish on a on a steak. Come on. Oh, so yeah. so this um beaver brand. I've just hit their website. They've got heaps of different styles. Where do you get it from? Where's well, it this is great. Uh, this is a great Lindisfarne IGA. Uh, supports a lot of uh, exotic condiments, and you get it down there or order it offline. But actually, my, one mm. of my other favourite sources. Sorry, online. My favourite source at the moment um, was watching one of the. Uh, parts unknown, season one, Anthony Bourdain, and he was mm. going around, uh, going around LA in this food truck, this Korean food truck, the Koji food trucks, pretty um, famous food truck over there, and they made these Korean tacos. And then I like googled the food truck, and then googled the people who had like made the Korean tacos, and so then I re- reverse engineered them or whatever. And there's this one source on there. Uh, that they make, and then found this person saying that this this sauce brand K-pop sauces uh, has it basically what the sauce is that they use on these tacos. I ordered imported it from the states uh, <laughs> to hear this Korean um, this Korean taco sauce basically, and they like get a little handwritten note in the thing like all the way to us from all the, you know sending this all the way to Australia. Hope you enjoy. Um, so yeah. That's dedication. Really Mexican food, mate. Who the fucking reverse engineers a taco? What the hell? Oh, good times, tacos. I watched this doco uh, on YouTube the other day about the Tabasco factory, 
and it gave me a new like i love tabasco it's a great great hot sauce i love the thing but it gave me a lot of respect for the tabasco like it's all made in the one place in kentucky and it's like they put the the certain type of chilies which they grow all around the world bring them to kentucky put them in barrels and ferment them for like three years so it's a three-year fermenting process to make the tabasco so it's actually like pretty legit process and and still made where it was always been made so this youtube clip sold me but yeah right tabasco the og of what even australian hot sauces yeah hot sauce in the states is a thing but I heard a story about the Sriracha uh, factory. Apparently, it's in California, and there's like this small town or whatever. And then when it comes to like the harvesting and when they're making it, or apparently like gets in people's throats and eyes and stuff, it's that strong in the town. It's just wafting through the air. Yeah, that's like the, the Vegemite factory in Port Melbourne. You, yeah. They, you can smell it when you drive over the west gate. Come off you the west when, gate and you know and you're they're back. brewing. <laughs> yeah. That's when you're allowed to breathe again. Wasn't I oh, yeah. held our breath over the west gate one day? <laughs> see if we could do the full west gate without passing. Only because we were both real tired from a like late night surf mission, surf all day, and then couldn't drive. Anyway, that's a tip for young players. If you're tired, try and hold your breath as long as you can. It'll wake you up. A little bit of mm-hmm. that death rush, Cherto. You might like that game. Yeah. Who won? Who held the longest? Can't remember. I don't know. I was driving, so I'm pretty sure I gave up. I'd say Andy probably should have won. We got, we made it home, so yeah, I'd say Andy won. Veggie might Veggie Yeah. Like what kind of? What's Promite? What kind of <laughs> fuck we eat? Promite or Marmite? Like Marmite's yeah. English. Promite. Yep. Is that Kiwi? You know what they call it in South uh, South Africa? Beefy Bovril is their sort of version <laughs> of it. Yeah. Vegemite, go fuck your mother. <laughs> Vegemite, yeah. Hey, who's your favourite guitar player of all time? Um, John Fushanti. Yes, good answer. Great answer. Who's that? Chili Peppers. Blood Sugar right. Sex Magic album. Yeah. He's a freak. Guitar One of the great player. docos. Uh, oh, fuck. What's, a, what's that doco? When like they... The making of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Funky Monks. Funky Monks. Amazing yep. documentary. All time. What, why is he so good? What What is it? He just Too approaches shandy. it like nothing, no yeah. one else. Yeah, it's the the melody he gets this in his uh, in in his you know his chords and his solos and you know he's not he's not by no means like a face melting solo player, but it's almost the notes he doesn't play you know the, that make. Uh, Make it yeah, awesome. man. Like, think you know that song "Under the Bridge," like that intro, which is one of the simplest things you can play. But as soon as you hear that, like, you know what it is. It's that that tone that he gets, that simple simple chord plucking. Like to be able to take something that sim- simple and make it so iconic, he's a special special individual. Yeah, he uh, he's back. The 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 band's back together. He's back uh, with the Chili Peppers now. Yeah, he, I think he's had his uh, issues, he, like interviews with him. He's on, I reckon he's done a lot of psychedelics in his time. Like, yeah, a lot. When he did the solo stuff post um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, it was, yeah, some pretty, pretty strange stuff. And he got into like <laughs> electro sort of stuff. And, and yeah, but like a true, a true original, a true individual. Epic. I like it. Um, segment, 
most Seg- uh, segway. segment with segway. No, no segway. Just one off the woods classic segment that I don't think we've hit on yet. But Chad, I've got to ask the question: What's got you frothing, man? Oh well. Uh, <laughs> so actually, you uh, Did you prepare from, for this? <laughs> I was thinking about it on the on the way uh, in the car. Well, just played tennis and we had a dominant evening in uh, our social pennant. So, and I'm uh, pretty shit at tennis, but I've had a couple of lessons recently. Of frothing on that, and it was there's been a uh, we've strung together a few sunny days here. It's been a fucking long winter down here in in um, in Tassie, like long ass winter and just that vitamin D is good for the soul. Honestly, mate, if I didn't have all my roots down here, I'd be living somewhere warm. Like I went up to um, uh, Burley Heads for the weekend prior uh, with some with some mates and got some sun and drank some beer. So I'm frothing on that. Um, just of more very recent, we put a new doona and doona cover and pillows on the bed last night. <laughs> I had an epic sleep. <laughs> like new doona cover or new doona? A d- new doona. And, and we've got a How many years did you get out of the last doona? Um, well, our hand downs from, from mum. So probably yeah. would have got, I don't know, five or ten years, I guess. Oh, I, don't, I don't even really know. I've never, I've been, I don't think I've ever bought my own doona. So I'm rocking I don't think doona. you should. I reckon I've had my doona for 15 years. Yeah. You know, I thought... There was there were only a couple of three hundred bucks. Like I thought they were in my mind, like you know, it's uh, it's. I thought they were going to be a lot, but we had a king bed and we had just a king size mattress. Uh, sorry, king, yeah, obviously, but a king size um, doona. Yep. So it was kind of like pretty tight on either side. So we got like a super king um, doona, and then you know, there's plenty plenty of doona to play with now. Does the dog sleep in your bed? <laughs> he comes up. Um, comes up. Jumps up on the bed, you know, while we're sort of getting getting off to sleep, and then hops down onto his bed. He what kind of doggy you got? Kevin the corgi. Kevin, fucking hell! Does he? Man. Can he jump up? Can he jump yeah. on the bed, or you got to lift him up? If he's had if he's had a big walk or whatever, he, he might need a little hand up. In his <laughs> in his senior years, he's going to have to. We're going to have to get him like a like one of those ramps. ramps. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get a lift. <laughs> But yeah, he's an absolute dude of a dog. I'd always been a cat person, or um, always had sort of the relationships with cats, sort of, uh, and and a kind of you know dogs are sort of found annoying. Uh, but uh, this he's just a, like he's they very suck you in, don't they? Yeah, they, they suck you in. I I I was the same. I, I'm more of a cat cat man, but and I was like, nah, when we get this dog, whatever, it'll just be another dog, but. My mate had warned me. He's like, "No, you're gonna love this dog. You don't yeah. understand. You're gonna love this dog." And now I, like, I really love this dog. Like, Dash he's, a, he's, a, he's a he's a chihuahua crossed with something else. He's a good looking chihuahua, but oh. he's a, he's a special little man. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's cat size. That's probably what the nice soft entry for you, Andy. Into and dogs. he lost his balls this week. It's been traumatic. Oh dear. Yeah, very traumatic. What What do you reckon is more commitment, getting a dog or a bonsai plant? Bonsai like, plants I'm not talking to outlive you. Uh, yeah, but that's, I mean, this, one's, this one's been around a while, so it's it's not like you didn't start the bonsai. It's like you've got grandpa's bonsai. It's been passed down. It's, you know, 80 years old. What's how much, commitment? How much, uh, do you know, how, do you, how much do you need to tend to a bonsai? 
I think you've got to tend to them a little bit. I think there's a bit of effort, you know, you've got to keep it trimmed and you're like not, not overwatered, but watered, not dry. You know, I, th- I think there's a bit more to it. Than, what do you get um, back? What do you get back? Chuck I mean, it's it in art, the bin. isn't it? It's living art. What do you get back from a painting on the wall? Nothing. Uh, yeah, no, you do. Yeah, you look at it and it, it makes you feel something. It makes you feel so, good. Yeah, and you, yeah. you work on this thing and it evolves at like a dog and you get to know it. And you, like a dog. You know, it's no, probably not like a dog, but maybe. Dogs grow, right? You know, yeah. they change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if it was your grandpa's uh, bonsai, that would you know, have hold a fair bit of meaning. A lot of yeah, and you can't just though. go to Europe for like six weeks. You know, you've got a bonsai to look after. You've got to you can make sure you give that to eat. someone. Reasonable. You can easily just not come home from work and go out on the piss and not worry about like having to feed it or whatever. Yeah, Quite, yeah. true. Yeah, because yeah. we had we had our first night out Saturday night since we got the dogs. We've been in lockdown, and I was like I'm having a good time at this party, but I'm in the back of my mind. I was like, "What is Willie doing? Like, is he okay? I've got to get home and uh, check on <laughs> Willie like the whole time." But the bonsai plant, you'd be like, probably okay. Yeah. But if it, it's generations of work, if you let it die, yeah. wither. Well, that's know, this. That's if, if was it your grandfather's bonsai? I don't have saying? a bonsai. It's a, it's <laughs> okay. a yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if it's your grandfather's bonsai, that's too much pressure. Like, I don't. If someone gives me something, it's like this is your, this was your grandfather's bonsai. You, here's a list of instructions. I give it straight back. It's like that is too much pressure. Like, I'm, I cannot be looking <laughs> after a bonsai. Yeah. This it got me thinking because a couple of bonsais. This is a few years ago. There's some bonsais got stolen in Darwin, and apparently they're like three and four hundred year old bonsai plants. Ooh. And and like the the people that own them were like, obviously the message goes out, please just return the bonsais. They're very valuable, blah blah. blah. But they like actually put a list of instructions of how to look after the bonsai. He <laughs> posted the posters like, please do this, 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 and this. Like you don't understand, it's a four hundred year old plant. You can't just replace it. Like there is no value. The you, greenies, the greenies are down in the Tarkine, hanging out of the trees, trying to stop the old growth forests. And those things are like a couple hundred years old. We should actually be trying to protect yeah. the bonsai if we want to protect yeah, the old not, growth yeah. forest. Someone should tell Bob Brown to fucking change his tact. I wonder if they, yeah, those people just ever got it back. There's bonsais in Darwin. Wasn't there some news article about that up. this week? It's just you just got a little anecdote so. of it in the in the news. Oh, I saw a news Lost. article on bonsai today. That's why I thought you were talking about it, but. Uh, nah, it just was something I thought of. These just something I thought of. <laughs> All right, here you go. There's the top five uh, oldest bonsais. There's one in Italy that's over a thousand years old, and it looks pretty sick, actually. It's so over a thousand like, years old. Yeah, yeah, it looks almost two two meters tall. And fuck me, this thing is. Oh, that's not a bonsai. The, the, that's a tree. That's just an old tree. <laughs> <laughs> but it, a, it's in someone's house. It lives inside, and it fits in like. What's the oldest tree? Over a thousand oh, years that, old. Yeah, surely. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of thousand. The um in California, is it? They got those the redwood. Yeah, yeah. The, I went to the uh, the redwood forest in California. So there was a, a big thick redwood there. I don't know thick. how old it was. Though. California redwood. Do you know that they grow in Australia? But in Australia, the, there's not enough of them. So when they get too old, the root system can't hold their weight and they fall over. And then fucking Cole Clark, who's a Melbourne luthier or whatever you call it, guitar maker, makes um, like Californian redwood guitars from these ones that fall over in Australia, and his guitars are mwah, very sensual acoustic guitars. Ooh. I want one. Uh, here we go. The Great Basin Brittle Brittlescone Pine is 
deemed the oldest tree in existence, reaching an age over 5,000 years old. What? <laughs> Older than Jesus by some amount. 5,070 years old, they reckon. Must have been, was it an apple tree? Or is was it an apple tree? Say, yeah, well, I just figured that must have been the one Adam was standing under. With the... oh. Gotcha. No? Gotcha. I hear what you're saying. Uh, one more, one other thing I'm frothing on. Have you boys? Uh, yeah, you can't so, have four throt froths. I know you're the <laughs> no, guest. No, fuck that. You can, <laughs> no, you can have as many froths as you want. The, Go for the it. The 196 Celsius, the, that Japanese seltzer. What? <laughs> I know you like your beers, your beers on this. But, uh, you know, trying to... Hey, we're Geordie Bay Brewing Co. sponsored here. But uh, <laughs> seltzer. What's it? The seltzer, we had this with the boys that actually have... Geordie Bay Brewing Co. They gave me a few seltzers on the episode they came on, and it's basically no calorie uh, vodka and soda, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. This one's you know good six percent, maybe ninety six cows, and um, you know four or five of those will get you tingling. Ninety is that a lot of calories or not a lot? No, I don't like really count them. I'm not half sure. Half a Mars bar. It <laughs> <laughs> no, was. That'd be more than that, wouldn't it? Was. Yeah, mate. What's got you frothing this week? Oh, always plenty of froths. This week, specifically, spoons. Been here. Spoons. <laughs> spoons, man. Been making spoons. Spoon, man. Been making spoons. <laughs> yeah, I got into, Um, actually bought, a, there's a bloke, John, someone or other, I can't read his name, but he's in Tassie. And um, he he carves spoons. He actually makes chairs for a living. But I hit him up. Has on he Instagram ever been to IKEA? Like you don't need to carve your own spoons. No, nah, he makes his own makes his own chairs. They're pretty epic. I'll tag his bloody Instagram. I've forgotten what it is. But he um anyway he, he I hit him up on Instagram and he sent me ten spoon blanks, uh, five hue and pine, and five Tasmanian blackwood blanks. Nice. Like a blank that you need to carve the spoon. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a you know. A, Fucking looks like a spoon kind of thing, and you carve your spoon out of it. Oh, you carve it yourself. But I mean, yeah, you carve it yourself. So I've just been like carving spoons, and man, it's so like um, you, you sit by a fire or like you know at home. I live in an apartment, so I've just been sitting on the couch, just carving like wood shavings all over the floorboards, and I just sort of sweep up. Man, you get into it, and you don't you don't have that urge to pick up your phone. Like it doesn't matter what's going on, you, you're you in there. It's like crocheting. I think you've done a bit of crochet as well, Chetto. You know, it's always one more stitch. It's like one more cut. I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more and then I'll stop and you're just there. And you're so present. Never you're so crocheted. present and you're so yeah. there, man. It's it's like, oh, do you want, oh, can I show you the spoons? I'll just, I'll get, yeah. like, let me get a couple of spoons of them, mate. I actually just got a couple of new spoons myself and they're sitting here next to me on my desk. Good spoons. <laughs> I like one spoon that's like they're like shovels. They actually oh, like they that's a shovels. spade and a shovel. What yeah. do you <laughs> that <laughs> shovel things into your nostrils or what? No, no. Yeah, that's, uh, so that, that's my spoons. This, right is, no spoons. This, is, this is one I carved from a bit of oh, human pine. That's legit. That's a pretty sweet yeah, looking spoon. It's a little spoon. And then then this one's a bit more useful. So it's a more of a ladle kind of spoon. And uh, you know it's got some nice some little water, detail yeah. can, on the on the end there. Could you cut something really? That looks for, something for intricate at the, the end there. Oh, I, I, oh all right, lion's I, head. I can't look it up because I'm on the phone. I think it's John 
Grant, but I'll tag him in the comments. He's um he's the man. So you just hit him up and 80 bucks, he'll send you a few spoon blanks and you grab yourself a real cheap set of just That's need a, a great hook, gift idea. Thing. Fuck, it's so good, man. I've, I've been loving it for talking about meditation, just like uh, something to do. Carbon spoon. Yeah, real good. And what See, about... you guys are frothing on the spoons. Yeah, Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on. I'm going to get one for sure. <laughs> well, the last spoon I saw that you carved was very dodgy. I think whenever I was over in Perth last, you had a spoon oh, that yeah. you'd carved it's yourself horrible. out of a bit of wood. And it was, you're like, oh, I've carved this spoon. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it gets splinters in your yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. it's like, but that, that was pretty legit what you've shown there. So. That was um out of European line, and that was my first go at it, and it was horrible. Oh, you've got better. Um, yeah, I've improved ask. these things, improve. and I've sanded it to. Here's the tip, right? You sand it from eighty grit, then two forty, and then hit it with the three sixty, and that's when you you touch it after the three sixty, and it oh. feels like like salt, you know, porcelain or something. It's you like, could run ooh. your tongue along that spoon and looks. And, really, it looks great, man. Looks really oh, good. It's legit. You know what? Like yeah. you guys Thank both you. like to cook. I know. Chodo, you like to cook a bit, yeah? Yeah. Or no? I, I was just about to ask, was if he's had been having the blue cheese and onion <laughs> steak sauce of any, any time Mate, recently? My, you mean my my famous steak sauce that I've been <laughs> ripping out? The yeah. old blue cheese onion, red oh. wine, uh, was it the, the red wine vinegar and a little mm-hmm. bit of Worcestershire? Yeah, I've ripped yeah. that out a couple of times, called I've it my own. I've seen you like, oh, wish, I'll make that one. out, but I think you might have <laughs> yeah. said it but they, I love I to cook to you. with a wooden spoon. Like I think it's better to cook with a wooden spoon than any other implement if you're cooking. I'll make right. you one. Like, I'll yeah. make you one up. Yeah, wedding gift. Bring it wedding to Tassie. Gift, yeah. Back all right. I'll write your names in it or something. Get get whittling. Get whittling. <laughs> so that's what's got me frothing. Yeah, and proper frothing too. So been loving it. Oh, that's um, Andy, Andy, you got a froth? Yeah. Look, I've I've got froths. And there's lots of reasons to froth in Sydney at the moment, but like, I don't like to talk about anything COVID related or as I said, don't like to talk about the future. There's a lot of future froths coming. So I'm going to keep it pretty basic. My froth has been television and YouTube. Three things are back, which I love. First one, Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, new season. (laughs) Episode by episode on binge. He's a genius. Second one is Succession which is a drama that's had two seasons, the third one coming. If you haven't seen Succession, it's a must watch uh, also on binge. And the third one is Cody Townsend, who's a pro skier. He's trying to ski the 50 classic backcountry lines in America and he's starting to drop new episodes. So I've just got like entertainment coming at me. That's my three tips for things that are must watch. Succession. Succession is... Yeah, you like it. What's the premise? The the premise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's like a based. It's loosely based on a family like the Murdochs, and it sort of it starts with the the father having a heart attack, and while they're all out doing something, and then it's just the the back and forth of who's going to take power in this um, media conglomerate. But it's it's just done done really really well and the father is the uh the chief out of super troopers whatever his name is um which is a must yeah right but anyway success it is it's legit i think if you're into your imdb ratings it's right up there yep so let's just quickly give it and like got any good shows what was don't ask was no he doesn't <laughs> 
I try to avoid the TV shows. Like everyone got into Squid Game and I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to watch this or I'll be out of sync with the water cooler chat. So I just like turn it on, lock into seven hours, get it done, consume it. I know what that is and move on. I should just start reading like the reviews on these things instead because it'd be quicker. I just don't like to be Squid Game sucked is- into shit. No. Like I didn't like it. Was, it was all right. But yeah, like, like Tiger King, I resisted on the Tiger King, but I enjoyed that. Season two coming for Tiger King, I noticed the other day. Yes, yeah, the, uh, the Sopranos movie comes out soon. The yeah. Saints of Newark. Yes, the prequel yep. to The Sopranos. Mate, we're going to be out of lockdown. All of you guys are like frothing on the TV that's coming and the like media that's being made. Like summer's coming, uh, like masks are coming for Tassie and WA, but people are coming as well. Like you, the reality, the outside world is coming. People. Can I give you my real froth without getting too into the future? I'm moving out. So we, we're putting our stuff in storage and moving to Tassie for summer. Like that's oh, yeah. happening. Yeah. We're down there for the whole oh, summer. Yes. From like mid-December to mid-Feb. Hardly, won't be hardly working. And then we'll probably make our way back up Sydney after summer. So a Tassie summer. I don't want to say it out loud, but uh, I do. Don't, don't fuck. <laughs> Edit out. Edit fuck out. yeah. Yeah, I'm frothing on that. Might... That's, gonna, that's good. That's, you, you get the best and, of Tassie in you know, those two months. And pretty much everybody that I know that I like will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and coming to the party. Coming to the party. Fucking oh, It's going to be epic. And um, Willie's coming too. Oh, the, the wee man. The wee man, he's a good little man. Was you and him will get along just fine? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to you know meeting the wee man. <laughs> All about it. Hey, um, Chad, I don't know if we've talked about this or introduced it properly, but as far as I'm aware, you are Captain King Zambreros, the the Zams King of Tassie. Um, can you just like give us a quick spiel of how that came about? Like, what happened? What was your role, and how did you fucking get there? You had a dream. I'll start you off. Yeah, uh, well, ever since I can remember, I've loved eating tacos. Honestly, me too. Uh, uh, yeah, early memories <laughs> of like my next door neighbour coming over. Um, you know, we'd eat, see if we could, you know, eat six, seven, you know, old El Paso style tacos. Um, you know, and yeah, always just loved tacos. We just, you know, me and Welsh lived together in in the. Share house for years through going through uni. We'd we'd eat tacos a couple of times a week, and it was like um, those old El Paso boxes were a game changer back in the yeah, late 90s, yep. early 2000s. You buy the box, yep. yeah, game changer. Um, yeah, and then then uh, I sort of graduated from uni, worked in sales on uh, you know TV and radio, and you know sort of didn't re- you know they t- sell marketing as this great creative sort of you know, thing. Essentially, it's just sales in different forms. You know, you're either tarting something up to be sold or you're selling something, uh, you know, and, then, and sometimes, you know, you've got your budgets in the role I was in and, you know, you question, sometimes you make immoral, uh, you know, you need to get your budget, but are you doing the right thing for the client? Um Depends what you're selling. If it's fucking financial services, then definitely not. Just fucking get in and get it sale done. But if it's, you know, a bonsai plant, you know, make sure people are up for it to the commitment. But, yeah, sorry, go on. And and then um, 
did a did a uh, season in in Canada skiing and some travelling in the states and then through Mexico and Nicaragua uh, and Nicaragua. Um, oh, Florida Canya. That's a that is a good run. And and it, yeah, just saw how successful you know Taco Bell, Chipotle, that sort of thing. And it was like that was not even really in Australia yet. And I actually was a few years ago. I was having this like bummed out sort of down little downer and I messaged dad and then he like sent me um like a photo of this email I'd sent him when I had got to LA and I got to LA picked up the mule RIP the vehicle uh, and we went through like Taco Bell we and Dougie and and then I'd, I'd sent this email back to dad being like Oh, you, can't, you know they've got drive-through Mexican here, Dad. It's all time. <laughs> one day, one day, I want to open a chain of Mexicans restaurants, and this was in like two thousand and uh, maybe two thousand and nine, I reckon. That two thousand nine, ten, probably. Is that maybe when two thousand ten? It was, I think. Two thousand ten. Yeah, yep. ten, ten, eleven. I yep. remember it vividly. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. why later. Yeah, you guys know the mule uh, much <laughs> yeah. better than I do. <laughs> When I picked that car up and bought it off Dougie, I was driving it to drop it off at Andy's uncle's in Fresno. Kevin, like, Kevin will be at the wedding. Kevin, You'll be able to reminisce. Yeah. And just briefly maybe like back to Tassie. Three, three or four hour drive out of LA probably. And I was driving it out in like in the peak hour and I had this uh, um, sat nav and it, and it kept like putting me in the sort of far right hand lane and I was it was like an eight lane each way. Um, highway and I kept like taking the getting stuck in the wrong turn this thing had no indicators and anyway and then I was going like in this back and forth um like peak hour traffic like forward stop forward stop and then I really needed to piss and I'd already taken like two or three like wrong turns and had to loop back onto this um freeway and needed to piss really bad and like and then but I had to be there like I ended up getting there like near, near midnight and like woke them up and um, so, I, like, all I had was, like, a Coke bottle and and I was, like, trying to, like, it was, a, it was an automatic and so I was trying to, I was, like, stuffing my knob, like, into it, <laughs> in, in this Coke bottle, like, oh, fall, break, accelerate it, break, and then it sort of, like, I started pissing and, and it, then it, like, pressurised and fucking sprayed everywhere in the car. <laughs> And I was had to like sanitize and wipe it and wear it because I was like, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so two, two, wait, two thing, quick things about that. First of all, um, that sounds like it was really hard work on the transmission there. You were just really working that transition hard. And second of all, I later. I was unaware of that, and I later had to drive that car, unaware of the DNA that had been <laughs> spread over the. Yeah, there was some fucking good collectibles in that. I think we pawned a leather jacket that was <laughs> left in there, Dougie's leather jacket. Some other weird shit. We played dress-ups. But the, the short story of that car was that um, you guys had bought it. Andy and I had um, – what have you got there? What's this that is Andy? a Gore-Tex jacket that came from the Mule in 2010. Oh, shit. I've still got it, and it's actually pretty good. <laughs> good. We, like we bought it. And stored it in. Like I bought it before I did, went on a ski season in Whistler, and uh, yeah, stored it at Andy's uncle's in Fresno, Uncle. and then 
uncle. <laughs> and yeah, the plan was to drive it down Baja through into Mexico, Baja, California through into Mexico. So we, I'm going to keep it short, but we did you a favor because Andy and I flew in, uh, got ourselves on a bus to that Kev's place in Fresno, picked up the mule and then drove it intentionally through the snow and a few other places. And we did fucking zing through the car park in Tahoe, like through puddles and have a fat time. Yeah, well, we, went, we, went, too, we went through a puddle. <laughs> we scored. Yeah. But we went through a puddle in Tahoe. And <laughs> from then on, <laughs> all the lights would just flash. So the front, none of the electronics works. Everything just flashed. I've never heard this. And it was nighttime. <laughs> so we're trying to drive back from from um, Squaw Valley, which is now called Alpine Meadows, down to Lake Tahoe in the dark with the lights flashing and there's nothing you can do about it. So I was either turn the lights off and go in the dark or turn the lights on and have them flash. The whole and then every time we stopped the car, we had to take the, unconnect, disconnect the battery so the battery wouldn't so go the flash because <laughs> it was so, there was some sort of shorted out. Anyway, the car was fucking great and we ended up making it to Salt Lake City Um and then we, the agreement, we'd done our skiing. We'd absolutely scored everywhere. And we're like, right, we'll head down to Mexico and meet you guys, which was going to be an overnighter. Oh, no, we're going to meet you in Vegas, weren't we? Which would have been no, fucking oh, yeah. Yeah. We were going to drive to Vegas. Track. We were just going to and meet you guys in California. And then we're all going to drive down to Mexico. We're going to have a week in Mexico and leave you guys down there. That was the, yeah. that was the plan. But then we left. Like at night, I think as well to head out. We're like, we'll just drive through the night. We'll be fine. And the transmission shit itself. And you think that you've had a bad time on the freeway? You stop start. We were on the fucking highway out of Salt Lake City. We and if you put any eight lanes, any accelerator, then it would jump out of gear. So it would just idle. It would idle in reverse and first gear. And so we're just idling. Hands out the window, waving at people. Sorry, mate. Oh. <laughs> How long this fucking freeway to get out? Like, what are you going to do with this thing? Anyway, we ditched the car. Then um, there was some heated phone conversations. And at this point, I'd heard I'd heard a lot about um, Cherto, the man, the myth, the legend. But we'd never met, and I was looking forward to meeting you. But the the conversations turned quickly to accusations and. Um, <laughs> Your finger pointing at the time I had, there was no internet. I had a little Motorola phone. So we were texting and Andy said, fuck this, grab the phone. He's like, we're calling him. <laughs> anyway, we ended up going um, to, where do we, oh, well, Jackson, Jackson Wyoming Hall. and just yep. did another week skiing and absolutely scored there as well. Scored. And you guys went to Mexico and we never met up. And yeah. um, that's the, the story of the mule. But the, it popped up on Facebook today, the memory of today. the mule. Oh, you're joking. Yeah. Why would nah, it have come 11 up years today? ago. I don't know. Oh, because Cherto, you posted it and you'd bought the you'd bought the mule and you tagged us in it because that's what we were gonna fourth um, of November. That, yeah, that's what we were gonna gonna had uh, all meet up and do this crazy road trip post skiing into Mexico, and it all went pear shaped, and you never met the mule again. We'll, ch- we'll chuck a few again. pictures of the mule on the Instagram because, like, that's it's a legendary vehicle, and the things we found in it, like there was like this leather jacket that I wore for. For multiple days, we went to the gun range, just rocking this leather jacket that we found in the back of the mule. But I've um, never heard the story about driving through the puddle in Tahoe. Though, so, oh, uh, that was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the lights just we flashing. Been, when we drove through to, we purchased some. Stop doing um, that. I think we we purchased some 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 green. We're like, we'll get you know, we're in California. We'll grab twenty buck little baggie of uh, you know, we'll just get a little bit of weed because that's what you do, mm. and um. 
we're like 20 bucks. Yeah, that'll do. And this guy gives us a glad snaplock bag and it dead set had like three big buds in it for 20 bucks. And I was like, this is like a year's worth of wheat we've just purchased. It was ridiculous. And so some point along between there and um, Nevada or wherever he had an exit got thrown out the window. Got thrown out the window for the Nevada border. <laughs> we got Yeah, we just had a <laughs> paranoid, <laughs> paranoid moment. The right thing to do. Brilliant. But hey, yeah, look, we've turned. digressed there massively because the question was, uh, how did you <laughs> oh, get sorry, into the Mexican <laughs> shit? But like, it, it all stems back to you being in California by the sounds of it. And well, yeah, yeah, Taco um, Bell yeah. drive through. Uh, yeah, so this note said to dad, um, you know, one day I want to open a chain of Mexican restaurants and uh, I got to, got to live the dream. But um, yeah, I then went and worked in the gold mine, Kalgoorlie. Uh, no, met another cousin it? of mine, or not? Yep. Yeah, met the yeah. uncle, then to the cousin. <laughs> yeah, great, great, um, big roles they've played in shaping, shaping my shaping uh, the Cherto future. Who would, have, yeah. who would have thought? Yeah, um, oh, so case. then, yes, nearly went into business with, um, my best mate Drew at Run for a Pony, uh, and yeah, decided wanted to go skiing one more time, and then I had my own ideas on opening my own, you know, the, my own brand of Mexican uh, takeaway, and had some deals fall through on some sites. Um, couldn't secure a, a lease that I wanted, so then I uh, started looking into the franchises. Um, and back at that stage, it was sort of Zambrero, Mad Mex, and Sousas. Guzman Gomez hadn't really; they might have only had a few restaurants back then. And yeah, got talking, got met with them, and uh, and then was introduced to a fellow who's d- developed in WA. And then we got talking. We one thing led to another. We bought the the rights for Tasmania and signed a deal. Then middle of 2015 to open 10 restaurants in seven years, and I remember sort of like t- telling people, you know, when I got back uh, to Tassie, yeah, we're going to open 10 restaurants, uh, blah blah blah, and you know they're like, oh yeah, got a new mate. Um, and right, yeah, so mate. the first year we opened uh, five restaurants, four of our own, and one franchised. Um, and uh, well, actually, yeah, in 2019, at the end of 2019, I sold my share of those rights and just run and operate one and still just have an interest in the, in the other ones. But the ninth one's just about to open um, in Tassie in, oh, in, in maybe two or three weeks. So, yeah. You, you don't just sort of buy the rights to Zambera. It's like you've got to have some some cash behind you. Like the dream ran deep. Like what did you do? How would you fund that? We went and worked in the super bit in the gold mine, uh, drove it drive a truck for six months you know that's when i started listening to podcasts um uh, drive a truck for six months in the biggest open cut mine in the southern hemisphere uh, and then worked in the sort of it's called dispatch but the radio control room sort of thing but it was basically like playing a video game trying to make the mine go around as efficient as possible it was seven days on seven days off sunny every day played a lot of golf uh some simple times, um, but it was yeah. it was like the, that was all for the goal of yeah. saving up some coin, getting the quick cash. Because you, you know nothing comes free in life. You got to have that dream and that drive to do it. Yeah, well, that was you know uh, four four and a half years of 
you know, I was in the prime. Four and a half years you, you there, spent yeah. in Kalgoorlie because you said I oh, was six yeah. months on the trucks, but four and a half years saving up yeah. Dosh because you, you could have spent that on cocaine and jet skis, but you didn't. Well, we did after the first uh, <laughs> year or so, year and a half, or just under two years, then went and did another ski season in in Colorado. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and then came back. So the last sort of two and a half years that that's when we've saved up, saved up the coin. Yeah, epic. Yeah, and and um, the question we've asked before on the potty is the burrito Mexican sushi. It's good. Well, if you look at any culture, they've they've all got it's it is a good uh, good point. Uh, but every culture has got some sort of something that they wrap in some sort of form of carb, whether it's you know a bao bun, whether it's uh, you know rice in the sushi, whether it's a tortilla a sandwich. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Is that because people don't like doing dishes? Like we shouldn't. We should just need a vessel to like get the carbs, get the food, and then it's just a transporter to the mouse. Put it in there. Yeah, tastes, tastes better, man. Like, like working at either home. Plate. There's nothing. I don't eat a lot of bread these days, but I I do eat um, some of the some wraps. But like when you have to not eat eat a bread or a wrap, it's not that fun. Like eating a bowl with with veggies or, or salad. Yeah. Like salad. Let's be real. Like salads for fuckheads. Like if you're eating <laughs> salad for lunch, unless you're a female. Um, you need to have a look at yourself and, go and fuck look your at, mother. <laughs> yeah, just go and fuck your mother because salad, you do not win friends with salad. Homer Simpson has been saying that for years, but um, yeah, wrap that salad up in in a tortilla, and all of a sudden you are winning friends and and you've got yourself a tasty meal. So right, I've got a couple of questions on Zams. The, so when you walk in, what some of them marking? It's fucking genius, and I hope that it's legit, but. They have the big counter on the wall, like that they donate meals. Is yeah. that legit, or is it just yeah, like yeah, some hundred percent uh, plate it's, for plate? I actually legit? went. Uh, I went uh, won an, an award um, a few years ago and got to go on a. It's called the Vision Trip, and went to Vietnam, and there was eight of us, and we like unpacked. It's like this rice meal with dehydrated. Uh, veggies and so- soy proteins and like min- the vitamin and mineral sachet in there, uh, and that, that um, yeah we unpacked it all from like the docks, drove it out, uh, cooked up and like fed these kids at these orphanages and uh, the Red Cross and stuff and um, it was it was quite humbling it was very humbling it was really awesome to it's kind of it's like a I think uh, one of the challenges in life you how do you keep your um, froth or for for something. If you have someone who might pass away from cancer, and you know you, it, it's pretty real for a while, but the further away you get from it, you kind of get dull to it. And you know, and this is, I was pretty pretty aware of the uh, plate for plate, and you know, in, you know, spruiked it. Um, but then going there and seeing it all firsthand, and I remember there that this day I was like, these kids were there with no shoes, like they were just that. That stoked to get a a meal on the table, um, you know. And I was like, you know, what pair of Nikes I'm going to wear today, sort of thing. And, um, and so it's like a bucket kind of with holes, a bucket of water with holes. And the further you get away, like the water leaks out. But how do you keep refilling that that water? And you can sort of apply that to a lot a lot of things. You know, how to how do you keep the um, your 
uh, motivation for insert uh, topic. So the bucket is full of froth, bucket. but like you yeah. to go and like get and see something real like that, make oh, you sick. put things yep. into perspective. Yeah, that's and then sick, we, we got awesome. back down here, and every year they do like this plate, uh, a plate for plate day, and like um, that people, uh, it's, it's run by the organisation that distributes the meals, uh, and they do you know, five of them across Australia, and that t- t- Tassie typically would miss out. So um, I've arranged. And worked with uh, you know an off-brand one from um, not stop hunger now. We paired with uh, Food Bank Tasmania, and we we've done three of them down here. We did one first one in Moona, uh, advertised all got about 120 um, 120 volunteers. We bought all, all the rice, all the stuff that goes in them, and created these um, production lines, bagged them all up, and then donated it all back to. Uh, to Food Bank Tasmania, who would put it in their like emergency meal hampers. So we, through that, um, made or cumulative over those three years, probably close to probably 120,000 meals that went back to people in Tassie. Pretty cool. Food Food Amazing. Bank's a legit well, legit organisation too. Yeah. Like I, I I did a day with them with a company I used to work for, where we went and just just helped them just move food around in the um, in the warehouse, but then went yep. and handed food out at the front of the housing commission in like West Melbourne. And like, you don't realize until you're out there doing it, how like in need, you don't have to go to oh. fucking Vietnam to find it. Like you go to Western Melbourne and there's a lot of yep. um, like refugee families and stuff there with, with no means at all. And they're relying on people like food bank and um, yep. the like to hand stuff out. You don't, you have, people wouldn't have a clue, but like, yeah, it's, um, they're a fucking we, legit company, Food Bank. We did a thing with all the drive-through exams here when uh, COVID first hit, and we did like uh, contact, like contactless drop-off for um, you know, for over over a week. People would come and contactlessly drop off, you know, non-perishables that we then donated to Food Bank for you know people who were in a bind at the start of COVID. It was pretty cool. I could have done with a drop off of toilet paper at the start of COVID, but no one knocked on my door. So I was like crab walking to the uh to the shower to clean the bunghole out. The bidet is the yeah, future. Well, I was talking about froths. Uh, I've recently installed a bidet and it, yeah. I, I didn't um, mean to change the subject to that. I was like, I actually legitimately needed some surface. We'll come back back in the day. Tell us about the bidet. Tell, tell us about tell the us, bidet. Tell us about your nuss, your wet yeah. nuss. You know, if you if you if you smeared a bit of poo on your on your hand, would you wipe it off with a dry bit of cloth? Hell no. Well, you would, no, but no. then you'd you'd fucking sparkle yeah. clean. It's heated seat, uh, blow dryer, uh, heated water. Is that is the water yeah, heated? heated? Yep. Yeah. Tazzy, got, got, got a pretty right. fancy sort of one. It's like um. Who do you think this like, guy is? He fucking <laughs> owns all the Zambreros. He's going to spray yeah. fucking chilled water up his asshole? I don't think so. No, that th- is going to be fucking room temperature. So, and how does it work? Like is it night, high like, pressure? Uh, you can adjust the pressure, the, the spray. It can like do like a uh, – there's a – A wave. Um, there's a, a, fe- fe- a feminine irrigation for the – The, you know, the feminine it, one is what I got because I spent quite a bit of time in Japan and – Took me a while to realize that there's two different buttons because one of them you were just washing sprays, your balls the whole time. Yeah, just, just <laughs> r- rinses your nutsack. He's like, that does feel pretty good, but it's not really cleaning anything. I've just done a shit and now I'm getting my balls, you know, massaged by a nice warm bit of water, but it's not helping. But I've got the remote here. So. Do you, 
Are you sitting on the toilet right now? (laughs) (laughs) They've got got the uh, rear. Can you punch someone in the toilet? It's a full remote wireless, so you can just be like them. (laughs) Massage it. You can change its position, (laughs) change the temperature, and then how strong it flows in, and then there's how hot their seat is. I think at the end of the day, like if if every house in Australia had one of them, we wouldn't have had this toilet paper shortage that that we did have. Next lockdown, we we set. You set. Yeah. Does it does it drip dry? This is all I want to know. Like I feel like there's paper required at the end. You just, like, just blow dry. Give it a little pat. A little pat. Little pat um, pull the dax up. Like a sweaty crush sort of action. Does it does it blow dry as well? Just, yeah. Like you have a yeah, hand towel dry. that everyone uses. Just oh, <laughs> yeah. it's a blow dry. Yeah. Is it blow dry? Yeah. Eat with your left, shake shake with your right. Mate. Yeah, like an Indian okay. restaurant. Yep. Yeah, and don't wipe with anything. Yeah. Yep. Look, fucking hell. Oh, we need to good. get around, um, like, look, dogs don't wipe their ass, and, like, my dog's got a pretty clean yeah, but butthole. They, like, wh- why can't we? You know what, which makes me think about the clean snap, and I, I don't know if this, like, we've been going on for a while tonight, but, Chetto, you, my dog has a clean snap. Right, he, he he can do a shit and nothing left. And you used to have a a really like foolproof method of getting a clean snap. I don't. Know, could you tell me about the method? And then was can you tell me your experience with the the clean snap method? Well, you've got to have a good good diet, a bit of you know high fiber. Start with uh, a good diet. Start with a good diet. Good consistency a, of the nug and a solid stool. But mm. um. Uh, I've, I've tried a few things over the years. I've even had a little um, poo seat sort of thing, which you can put put in front and what raises your uh, knees up a little bit. To, and 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 then if you and then if you actually like lift your arms up with your knees as knees raised, it puts you in the sort of typical sort of squat position, which straightens your bow and allows for a cleaner movement. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so the hands up is key. If, if what you can also, well, that straightens it really to get that last Straighten little pinch out. But if you just got a spare couple yeah. of rolls of, of toilet paper in the toilet, just give them a go, pop them under your feet, raise the knees a little bit, and um, you know. But this is and, not the technique so, that you you were teaching. Yeah, back in the is, day. There a, oh, is there a lean? Do you so roll? You were I, teaching I got... a technique back in the day, where <laughs> yeah. you would lean. So you, you do your shit. You'd lean. You, you taught this to me, <laughs> and you'd I lean. got it third hand. This is the yeah. problem. Chinese whiskers. Well, you lean nug. all the way forward, yeah. so your head's down between your legs, <laughs> and you bring your head up and snap it off as you was. It was or was the other way around. Was like you well, lean. See now, I'm not, I'm unimpressed with your confidence because you're super confident. I feel like it was a start back and lean forward. Yeah, start and back, snap it off, lean forward, so you, and the snap off. Yep. And, you- and the lean forward for the snap up. And I went for this. I was like, all right, Chertos taught me things. I've never met bloke, but I'll have a crack at this. And yeah, I went the, the straight back, got it out. And then I went the lean technique, but I went too far forward. And, <laughs> and then and then when I started wiping, I was like, there's poo in weird places on the paper. And it was like on the front. I was like, what's going on here? I leaned down for a look. I'd actually shat down the back of my balls because I went too far forward. So I saw this skid mark down the back of my nutsack. I was like, this is what have I it's gone absolutely right. I thought it was a wind up. <laughs> this is before you guys have met and I had an audio message yeah. on my phone. It's like, because I didn't, you'd called me. It's like, Andy, 
your mate Cherto's pooing technique is bullshit. I have just <laughs> shat down my <laughs> testicles. <laughs> what do you what do you call that? Getting a little poo drag down the back back of the It's like yeah, it's a front skid mark, like I'd upper decked myself. I couldn't believe it. I've been pulling You don't remember this technique because you were you were wrong. talking no, this technique it. up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the Chinese whispers, it's no good. <laughs> would have been the late two thousands. Yeah. But look, yeah, yeah. it sounds like um, you've come a long way since then. You've you've got a bidet. Yeah. Uh, you've got a high fiber diet. You, you've got it see. all happening. Yeah. yeah. It's a fashionable bloke. I've got one more Zams question, right? Because I'm not sure if you're aware, but um over the last five years, Australia's production of avocados has actually doubled. We're doing ninety thousand tons of avocados at the moment. If you've been yep. to the supermarket lately, they're quite cheap. It's like bloody cheap in avocado season. A dollar of avocado woolies. A dollar an avocado, and that's sort of in prices season. There. In season. Well, they're around got- to stay because we've just got the production is up there. So my question to you, Cheddar, as Captain Zambrero, is do you see a world where guacamole could be free? Or optional, a free option at no. at Zambreros. No, It'll never happen. No. 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 Well, if you get a vegetarian one, it comes standard, or get the IQ, it comes included. But um, we Hack. we you know there's there's a lot of labour attached attached to the avocado itself. Like and we will. I've made avoc- I've made guacamole before. It's not. You, do, you know, you, 10, 10 kilos of that. You you're making. You're not getting 100% yield on the on the weight of it. You might get 66, you know, between you know 60 and 70, depending on how big the pit is, how thick the skin is. Um, so you're buying them, you know, and you say, yeah, we're getting them cheap now at a dollar. Can't we scan scan them, see how big the pit is, get the small pit ones? X-rays, yep. And I'm thinking X-rays. like we can make no, no, X- but we can no. do like seedless watermelons. We need to be doing seedless avocados because that's a real thing, revolution. No, no, there's a thing with avocados, size, right? Was. You know how you can like some plants, you can splice them and you'll get the same of that plant. Apparently avocados don't there's some like something in their genetics of how they make up. There's they really randomised, like you can't splice. Yeah, that sounds like exactly what big avocado would say about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and, and um, so yeah, so you're putting in an hour's labour a day to make something you're not getting 100% yield on. But at, at the moment, the surplus has come. You know, they've brought those avocados for the demand, and then a lot of cafes in the two biggest states have been shut down. So. A lot of places that are normally consuming, but apparently they're running. Farmers are running at a loss this year um, because of how cheap they're going. Like there was a, but they're, pre- if they're running at a loss because uh, there's so much more productions come in. The trend but changed but five or six years ago. They, the fruit, it, the, the plant takes time to fruit, and they're finally coming in all together. While all at the half same the country time. has been, while half Consumer the country has been in lock. Well, true, but while half the country has been in lockdown, uh, so. I'll smash my own avocado if I have to. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're, we I'll weren't going out. We've got the whole eastern suburbs of Sydney in yeah. lockdown, not going out for their smashed avocado on a yeah. Sunday morning. And can you imagine the amount of avocados it is? So that, there was a, there was a period in the summer, uh, 2016, 2017, where two or three weeks it was a mass. It was when they were like five, six, seven bucks at the supermarket. We were paying up to 180 bucks for a 10 kilo. Um, so have you considered like like faux avocado, some sort of 
it got floated then, but it's it, that's part of the part of the game. Like like a deb mashed potato, a powdered avocado. Yeah, deb. Avo. Deb mashed potato. Yeah, deb avo. Yeah, and you're gonna hide um, it in a burrito. No one's gonna know. No one will well, know. Well, you'll mm. know in the flavor. And not if we get it right. Like technology is fucking right up there. I've tasted it. It's it's not the same. Yeah, and then so it exists. So why can't we grow avocado in a in a lab? Why can't we just in that guacamole? We'll hand juice limes, which you know we're paying at the moment 120 bucks for 10 kilo lime. Uh, Then you're not getting a full. Well, limes expensive, and you. But hand juicing limes, like, can't we get some like people from Thailand to hand juice it and send it to us? Well, yeah, because they're Again, all full of fresh. you. You fly to Thailand, you feed them burritos, gives them the energy to hand juice a bunch of limes, and then you fucking send that juice it's back. Circular economy, and it's it makes circular sense. economy. It's not fresh, it's not fresh. It's not yeah. fresh. <laughs> Lime keeps shit fresh. The reason the fucking uh, guacamole is fresh because we add the lime. So why the how the fuck does lime juice go off? It's Our the fresh maker. Got a six hour life uh, life span on it before yeah, it gets thrown out. We actually like I knew this guy that had a, a cafe in Melbourne and he would he'd whip his guacamole with some sort of lime and, and cream and make this like avocado like mousse. mousse and he's mm. like, oh, I'm making it because it lasts longer. It's like, yeah, mate, but it's fucking shit and no one's gonna order this meal. But so I'm actually on your side. Like it is important to get the the guacamole right. Yeah, but yep. that being said, why don't you just push the price up of all the burritos so that the guacamole comes standard? Well, that's a theory. I mean, I, I, I'm all for a uh, price hike. Wages have gone up. Or, or charge yeah, a membership. Wages have gone up. Plus, plus of our plastic gloves, like a nylon glove that the uh, burrito roll will go. We used to pay. Um, wash about, your fucking hands. You don't need gloves. If you've got a bidet, you don't need to wash anything. Your hands free. You straight yeah. in, straight out. We, we install bidets that then no more nylon gloves. Gloves That's are a problem. fucking so waste 11, of time. Gloves are for the customer. Gloves. gloves are for the customer because the gloves are just say, "Oh, the customers are well. This motherfucker's wearing gloves. It must be clean." But like, if you touch your asshole with a glove, it's the same as touching your asshole <laughs> with a fucking finger. So just wash your hands, well, and then. Yeah. Don't use the gloves. So I've just saved you enough money and that's free guacamole for all. It's weird how like you, you go into a pizza place and they're there with their bare hands making it. Yeah, but scratching the, his fucking hairy asshole, the fat Because it goes dude, in the like, oven. It goes well, in the oven. Yeah. Well, that's true. That is you, true. You're squeezing lime on it though, but that's what you put in a cut, a reef cut to like kill exactly. everything that's in it. As long as you so squeeze fuck, lime mate, at the end, lime. you can fill it with yeah. all sorts of feces and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> the shit burrito. E. Colo. Yeah, perfect. No, often, I don't understand why like people don't come to one of the Woodford like ideas to how to improve their business. But <laughs> yeah. like, no one has come to us yet. And I feel like we've got the ideas. A hundred percent we do. Um how are we going for time here? Like are we are we happy to keep going, Chodo? Are we keeping you up? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm having I'm a good time. I'm having a good yeah, time. Yeah, I'm happy to keep good. going, but we can wind it up at the same time. I, I, I want a short answer to this next question because it's been debated before. Um, Jedi, you know us both. You've got to keep in mind here, Andy's dropped a few kegs and he's been running and I've put a few kegs on at the moment. But who would win a boxing match between Andy and I? Oh, um, yeah, I've got I'm going to say was... Was was with the knockout power, you know, knockout punch. How many rounds? Yeah. It's out of five rounds. 
Where does it go to? The, the deeper it goes, Andy, you know, more wiry. Uh, you know, if he can, if he's good on his feet, can dodge the initial sort of um, Mayweather. He yeah. needs to stay alive. Just needs to wear you down. Hundred percent. Work the body. Work the body. Stu, move the head. If I could get through the first couple of rounds without getting knocked unconscious, because was his powerful motherfucker, then I, maybe yeah. I can wear him down. But it's a big if, which is why I've never agreed to this boxing match. So I don't need to be knocked unconscious. I think it's even as it's been. I'm I loved uh, G- <laughs> when to- Gilly was on the podcast. He he was talking about at, at we used to play for, at, at the same footy club, the Uni Footy Club, together, and they had this yeah this sanctioned boxing night. You know, <laughs> cunts on the piss and everything. We got the brothers Welch fought each other. There was two big fat boys at the club. Like there was a heavyweight <laughs> bout. Um, yeah, it was it was all time. But uh, you know. People blow up after one or two rounds. They're pretty fit in those suits. Yeah, man. I've been getting right into the UFC lately. Half, half marathon. Yeah. Half marathon? You. Oh, yeah. I ran a half marathon the other day. And like yeah. people ask, like, what half marathon you did you do? I said, I did my <laughs> half marathon. I woke up in the morning at 6 a.m. and I ran a half marathon. Oh, you did. It wasn't a, like a sanctioned event. It wasn't a sanctioned event. It was just me. <laughs> I had to stop at Bondi for a shit, so I actually took a break and did a poo at the Bondi public toilets and then kept going around through Rose Bay. And then you know why it's called a marathon? No. Because apparently there's there was uh, some some battle where there's a this group of soldiers ran from Rome to the, this town or city called Marathon and the distance is forty four kilometers or whatever a marathon's uh forty two point forty two six. That's how far it is from, from Rome to Marathon. Uh, whatever it was, it's whatever I said it is. <laughs> yeah. If you want to count the cool down. Yeah, sure. Mm. Um, yeah. A couple of ones. Obviously, you're a proud Tasmanian. You spent a bit of time in the West. Um, have you got a couple of quick tips for people coming down to Tassie? Because the borders are opening, mate. The floodgates are opening. Where would you hit, hit up these days? I haven't been there in 10 years, mind you, and I'm coming to. Yeah, well, there's a... What are you? What are you, are you coming down with the missus? You want to go out on the town? You want to go for a good feed? You want to catch some nature? We did the overland track uh, last year. Uh, that's like a five five night walk, eighty yeah, um, something k's through some of the most all time yeah. scenery that you'll ever get. Uh, that that was all got really really good. Um, Went on this awesome boat trip with the boys earlier in the year over to Shooting Island. It's like the island off the end of Coles, like the Coles Bay at the end of the hazards. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, what do you want? Restaurants. Hobart or Lonnie, mate? Hobart, oh, Hobart or Lonnie? I'm with. from Lonnie, but okay. Hobart, hundred percent. Okay, 100%. that's good. That's yeah. good. And so, and what, what would you do? What's in Hobart? What's the top five tourist destinations? Mona. I'm going to put that down because. Oh. I'm Mona there for sure. Definitely go Absolutely. to Mona. Absolutely. Take acid and go to Mona. That's uh, <laughs> all right. Um, um, a then, friend do they hand it out at the, the club door hotel or? in Mona after that? Yeah, uh, local pizza out there. Very good. Uh, you want to go to, got to go to room for a pony for brekkie. Um, some cracking restaurants. It's it's uh, the best cafe in, in Hobart. It's in North okay. Hobart. Yeah, was. Sounds, it's it's new, but Cherto's, mate. Hobart. Is a is an owner of that. It's it's an institution these days. It's been there it a is. while now, right? Yeah, since t- two thousand fourteen. Opposite, um, opposite the repub. 
Is Chaos yeah. still open? No. 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 no There's right. a Mexican joint in there now. <laughs> Trendy. Do they yeah, charge um, for guacamole? Do you know? Uh, I'm sure they do, but uh, then you want to you want to head down there, you know, the east coast, uh, get down to, well, you know, um, Eagle Hawk Neck, uh, remarkable caves, great great place to surf, some scenery, Crescent Bay just before there. That's where I asked my fiance to marry me. Very romantic. Great sand dunes there to uh, slide yep. down. Go to, you uh, go there, you know, on a weekday, and you could have the beach to yourself. Drop the knee. You might find the young Tazzy, find a young Tasmanian lady, take her out to Crescent Bay, drop the knee yourself. Is Jess Britton still around, Tazzy? Not 100% sure on that, but um, we can find out. We can definitely find out. (laughs) Let me know. Hey, man, like it's going to be fucking great to have you down there again, Was, and I can't wait to be there just with no work. But the thing that I'm excited about is heading down to like Southeast Cape one day on a hot 30 degree day when it's flat everywhere, grab a little crew, wander into Southeast Cape, set up, get eaten I'm gonna by need a shark. Bring some, some hiking kit too, like proper boots, and shoes, a little tent. And just and bring boards. shoes and a, and a spoon. I've got a one, I've got a little one man that you can borrow. I've got them here, but it's just whether I have to bring it over. I won't need to bring any leg ropes because I reckon I'm owed a few. Yeah, I've got about 14 of your leg ropes. And old Grazo Watkins will sort you out with any camping oh. gear you need. He'll, he's have got you your guys, Have you guys um, used a jet boil? I, mate, I just got a brand new jet boil. You want to see it? Oh, fuck. They, okay. I, don't, I just do not see how the technology can get any better than that. that is, <laughs> because it, it can't. It cannot. I got that for my birthday last year, and I had plans for a lot of winter um, skiing was, this year, but it got I fucked over. Bought, like, we were we were getting the like chilled uh, overland track water, and then each night, like I'd never seen one of the, I was just blown away, and would, would discover something new about it each night. And then we we got it down to like this thing fully packed away, set up to having water bo- boiled in like two minutes twelve or something was the record. Look, if you're so, if you're going lightweight like overland track style or backcountry skiing style. There's no point bringing solid food these days because the you can freeze you can dry shit yourself, or you can buy the the meals, which they're kind of expensive. But a jet boil is light. You can turn snow into boiled water in about five minutes, which will take you fucking twenty minutes on a trangia or more. And then the meals taste delicious. So like, fuck There's it. There's a little flame on on the side of it that goes red when it boils. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Really? What? what? I've only used like, mine when the power went out because I got fucked over this winter. We didn't get to leave the, the house. It's on this, got this like sort of wetsuit material around it and then this flame on on the side. And as the as the temperature of the water, get, it starts like getting a little, there it is. Oh, yeah, there. And it like starts going and that got, turns into an orange flame when the water is boiled. And then a the thing at the top, like it, it out of that, it still boils, yet you've got a strainer. And then you've got a little pourer, um, and and it's pretty everything, sick. including the gas canister, fits down inside itself and packs away to that. Hey, and I bought this from Mountain Creek Outdoors in Hobart City Centre, which is the place to get your camping gear if you're down there yeah. this year. Yeah. Like, don't go to Mountain Designs, don't go to any of the brand. Go to fucking Mountain Creek Outdoors. Talk to Dan, 
he'll fucking hook you up with a 40% discount as long as you grew up with him. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Dan wasn't there, but when when I was prepping for it, this is like the only time it's probably happened, but uh, ever got recognised for this purpose in public. And this like little brazzy was like, did you used to play in a band, man? No photo. <laughs> was it, no way. Was it Simon Costello? I don't know. But it would have been. Like, he was, yeah, he didn't know. He would know who you were. He would have frothed. Wouldn't have played, you a, played a gig for 10 years. But, the Chip yeah. Militia discount. Let's talk about that quickly because like, Chip Militia was a band. They released one album and one EP. Me and Woz used to play them on repeat on our little surf trips when we lived in Victoria. I had a band called No Photo. We played fucking many great gigs together. They're, yep. they're fucking like, it was a great band. Dave Welsh is a great singer. Do you do you see him ever getting back together? And we will finish oh. the episode with a song to, tonight. I think we, we oh, should. Yeah, yeah, Must yeah do. absolutely. Do you reckon they're um, coming back together? Oh, ever? It's, life gets a hold of you. you know? Everyone's too busy. Everyone lives on the other side of the the country. Uh, the uh, the romance. Uh, you know, we have had a few reunion gigs. Chip Militia dissolved into then uh, no photo. Uh, yeah eventually um but yeah as much as i'd say i'd love to i, I don't uh, don't i don't think it'll happen so what what um tell us about the band a bit more well you guys are just a cover band i thought they were playing the same time i remember andy just getting on stage with jim Militia and singing their songs just stealing them he was like ripping them off like cover songs but i, I remember this still time I, we played, I still play it we played this gig um at at, it must have been when we turned, like when Welsh had moved away and then me and Gilly joined No Photo and we were playing this gig at uh, at Irish Murphy's like on a Wednesday night and we had taken all our like, amps and Gilly had taken his drum kit and we were playing first, for, I think for, for some reason we got blind drunk. We got blind drunk and like, Andy was nearly like having this punch on uh, before we went up with the like the lead singer of the next band and I'm looking around at Gilly and he like he was that drunk his his watch wasn't even keeping time let alone his drums <laughs> and we got we got kicked out we got kicked like off, off. the details are a bit hazy but we got <laughs> where's your where's your pet monk crab what monk crab I remember we got kicked out of Soho uh like <laughs> whilst we were actually playing um, for smashing a glass or something, sculling a beer and smashing a glass, and then I I had hold of like the big pylon sort of in, that was sort of in the middle of the dance floor, like I was like horizontal. This bloke had my legs, <laughs> and then uh, everyone thought it was chanting to like the, to let me back in, and they relented. Let the, let the show go. Yeah. Show must go on. It it was a loose time, like, but that was kind of part of the. Part of the thing for no photo was like you guys was, are fucking it was rock gonna stars be a, it and was, with a reputation and we weren't rock stars but it was going to be a loose time you, like yeah. the, we used to play at the Soho bar and they like they knew it was going to be a good night for them they make lots of money but they also knew it was going to be a problem <laughs> and they're like <laughs> they're oh some loose loose old times in um Hobart we should wrap this up with a chimp militia song Cherto mate it's been Epic to have you on. A long time coming. Twenty tangents, yeah. Cheddar. I've appreciated it. Thanks for the yarns Thanks. and the stories. And and fuck you. That last couple of minutes is a taster of um of the Hobart reunion that I'm about to dive into. Oh, I'm bringing I'm bringing my own Kevin. I'm bringing the Tin Monster down to Tassie. 
for oh, yeah. a couple of days as well. The one and only Tin Monster. He's he's dropping. He's got five days. So, you know, if with a bloke with a nickname, the Tin Monster, we're going to be in for some shenanigans. So I look forward to this. We I'm can do some face to face podcasts as well. We'll do another one Ooh. with Cherto. We say that every time. Gilly. We could. Um, we could. Gilly. Hopefully, it'll happen. People want Gilly back. He's actually a. Yeah, fantastic podcast, man. So what 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 do we take? What what's your what's your go to chip malicious song to wind this up? We with? just play, press oh. play on the whole album from the end of this. And <laughs> I can play, play the whole album. <laughs> it's got ten beers. Ten beers was always a, a crowd favorite. Uh, yeah, man. For... And I I played that for probably a decade after when I was sort of playing music around the place, and people used to love it. And probably once or twice when I was having a bad gig. I would claim it as my own. Most of the time, <laughs> I would say this is a song that has my, my mates have written. But if I was having a shocker, it's like, yeah, all right, here's one that I wrote. Ten beers. It's a fucking great song. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Cheddo. Thanks, boys. I look forward to seeing you uh, and shaking the paw in here, sharing a one off the wood together very soon. Frothing. Yeah. yeah, I'll cook out my um, famous steak sauce when we get down there. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Who are Buddy, who are Catch up. I'm on my tenth beer, and I'm slurring now, I suppose. As you speak to me in code, in a drunk poetic prose. We can't stay here, or we will melt into the couch. We'll smoke a scoop and we are out, without a shadow of a doubt. It's all mixed up and it's not what it seems It's funny, now when it drew It's not a funny thing in real life Thank you.